Hi everyone, I'm Gary Knoll. Nice to have you with us today. We have a lot to share. Brand new information coming at you in about 10 minutes. But we always begin with the latest on health and healing. From the University of Maine, early life exposure to broccoli sprouts may protect against colitis and inflammatory bowel disease. What this means is simple. If you know someone who is pregnant, share this with them because it can make a huge difference in the outcome of their child's health. High fiber diets like those that include broccoli sprouts and other cruciferous vegetables, that's your, that would be very important. The top five would be broccoli and broccoli sprouts, asparagus, kale, mustard, uh, watercress. Uh, I would also put uh, it's a ju- judgment whether dandelion greens are in there because most people don't have dandelion greens. You can buy them at some farmer's markets. But uh, you definitely want the top ones. And when you have those, you steam them lightly, blanch them in cold water, so they're easily digestible. And if you have those, then microbes within the Crohn's-affiliated gut and how those microbes would could use an active compound in the broccoli sprout to make an anti-inflammatory compound in the person's gut, child's gut. They also wanted to determine if, by how much a diet containing broccoli sprouts alleviates Crohn's symptoms, given the anti-inflammatory metabolites innately present in the sprouts and other cruciferous vegetables, asparagus also, um, cauliflower. The researchers used four groups uh, of different types of sprouts, and they found that the raw broccoli sprouts were the best. So, as you're consuming foods, everything that goes into the mother's body can be used in some part into the natural immune innate immune system building through the breast milk. And breast milk for a year and a half to two years is the best possible beginning of life insurance policy you can give your child, because these are all anti-inflammatory. So broccoli sprouts are anti-inflammatory, especially if you're pregnant. From Brigham and Women's Hospital, clinical data suggests prenatal vitamin D reduces a child risk of asthma. This was a 15 years worth of data from the vitamin D uh, asthma reduction trial and found that vitamin D3 supplementation during pregnancy reduced rates of asthma and wheezing in children compared to the standard prenatal multiple vitamin. So have your vitamin D3 anywhere from 1,500 to 3,000 units a day. It'll make a huge difference. From Pennsylvania State University, low-weight, high-repetitive exercises increases bone density up to 8% in adults. That's a lot. And one of the things I suggest is while you're power walking, start with something that you can hold in your hands and move in, in motion as you're walking, natural uh, natural motion of your arms. Uh, let's say a pound. And then when you think, well, that's too easy, then go to two pounds, three pounds. Work your way up to where you can, whatever weight it is, you can walk for one mile while your your arms are at right angles and you're doing a power walk, and that'll strengthen the the bones system in your body, and that's very important, because most older people are demineralizing at a substantial rate. This is published in the Journal of Sports Medicine and Physical Fitness. So, 
low weights, high repetitive exercises, that beer power walking, will make a difference and help you remineralize bones. And from the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, gargling with salt water may help prevent COVID hospitalizations. This is important. Mind you, this is from a very prestigious group of American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. So, and by the way, a new study just came out today shows that the new variants are much milder. And uh, therefore, you should wait till next week and I'm doing a whole report on what the new science is showing in a brand new study out of Great Britain that they're actually advocating younger people don't get vaccinated. The side effects, the deaths, the myocarditis, endocarditis, uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, all of the blood clots, these are far worse than the COVID infections in young and healthy people. Unfortunately, they weren't given this information in the United States when people start taking the vaccines. But as COVID and its health effects move into the fourth year, those who become infected may be searching for remedies to improve their respiratory symptoms and keep them out of the hospital. A new study by the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology determined that both a low and high-dose saline at salt regimen appeared to be associated with lower hospitalization rates compared to controls when it comes to the infections. So, and they're suggesting people 18 to 65 uh, who have a positive PCR test do this and uh, as a saline solution. You don't swallow the salt water, you gargle with it and then spit it out. And finally, from the Federation of American Societies for Experimental Biology, that's FASEB journal, there's additional benefits to the omega-3 fatty acids for the clearance of metabolites from the brain. All right, so that's really important. So either vegan sources like flaxseed and hemp seed or fish oil, when you take it in, it could improve the function of the what is called the glymphatic system, which facilitates the clearance of waste from your brain and promote the clearance of metabolites, including amyloid B peptides, a primary culprit in Alzheimer's disease. All good, all right? We're going to take a break and come right back. Please stay with us. Got some very important news to share with you in about 10 minutes. But I want to share something, two separate clips, both from Professor Noam Chomsky about Israel, but also for those who align themselves with the different presidents. And without looking at what do these people actually do when they're in power? And we seem in the United States, and have for as long as I've been alive, we do not take a look at are they better for people around the world, not just the United States, and are they helping stabilize people's lives in a positive way? For example, suggesting that we don't offshore all of our corporate uh, jobs and, and, uh, and many of the other jobs that people do, but instead support them here in the United States as we once did from 19... Well, from the mid-1930s to the mid-1970s, which gave us a thriving middle class and a really good sense of community, ethics, morality, manners, where you could have intelligent but strong debates on different issues, which we did. William F. Buckley uh, had a lot of good debates and Crossfire also. 
Well, that's gone now. I want you to hear two back-to-backs from him. The first is Noam Chomsky on Israel, then Noam Chomsky, the crimes of U.S. presidents. And mind you, when these presidents were committing these crimes, they more often had the full support of their own political parties and frequently others from the other side of the aisle who were lobbied and told support this bill, but we never look at who benefits from invasion of a country. Smedley Butler, the most decorated Marine in history, um, said that war is a racket. And he then detailed it in a press conference. You know, nobody paid attention to that. Thank goodness we have his old clips in his book that he wrote because he outlines that when he went in and he headed a whole group in, uh, in the Philippines and South America, it was for a banana company to make sure that they maintained a total banana um, monopoly that they didn't have to be paying attention to what was going on in the country itself. And yet none of that ever comes out. Look at, look, at, look at where we've gone in. Right now, American forces have been installed with their own bases, stealing sovereign oil that belongs to the Syrian people. And everything they said about Assad has been shown by numerous independent journalists as being wrong. He didn't gas his own people. He didn't bomb his own people. And then look at Libya. It's their oil. And around the world, look behind the scenes. Don't believe any of the journalists, because they're all mouthpieces of propaganda. Here are the two clips. Well, there are two levels of discussion here. One is about the facts on the ground and what should be done with it. Turn to that in a minute. A second is questions of what terminology to use to describe what's happening. Here, uh, you can decide that you are willing to live in a bubble as distinct from the entire world. You're free to do that. There are three notions that came up. The biblical rights, which have absolutely no status, none. Nobody in the world can say, 2,000 years ago, here's my story of what happened, so therefore I have a right to do it now. You can't live in a world like that. Nobody in the world ever makes such a claim. You want to make it? Okay. But then just admit, I'm out of the world distinct from the world. Now, yes, totally distinct. If you really want to play that game, the Palestinians have more of a right to claim to be descendants of the population from 2,000 years ago than I do. My ancestors probably come from the Caucasus. Their ancestors come from Palestine. The, the Canaanim were correct about this. Uh, so you don't want to get into that game. Uh, biblical rights have no status. Now let's turn to legality and occupation. There is 100% agreement among all relevant international institutions, not just the United Nations Security Council, including the United States and unanimous declarations, but the International Court of Justice, the World Court, uh, the uh, Red Cross, which administers the Geneva Conventions, Israel's own top legal authorities, all agree that the Jewish settlements in the West Bank are in violation of international law. 100% agreement. Israel doesn't agree, fine. Israeli Jews want to live in some little bubble of their own, they're entitled to do so. But you can't overlook the fact that the entire, that every relevant international institution disagrees on the question of legality. Same with occupation. Every relevant international institution recognizes that Israel is occupying not only the West Bank,
but that it's also the occupying authority in Gaza. So as far as terms go, the correct terms are greater Israel, Israel's illegal expansion into the West Bank. It's hundreds of thousands of settlers there. That's all part of a greater Israel that Israel intends to integrate within Israel proper and is developing the infrastructure and the programs to do so. There is no counterpart on the Palestinian side. That if the Nuremberg principles were applied, every post-World War II president would be uh, indictable. It's probably true. Can we run uh, run down them real fast? What did Eisenhower do that you would indict him for? Well, Eisenhower uh, overthrew the conservative nationalist government of Iran with a military coup. Uh, he overthrew the first and last democratic government in Guatemala by uh, military coup and invasion leading to years of it. Uh, in Iran it led to 25 years of brutal dictatorship uh, finally overthrown in 79. In Guatemala it led to massive atrocities which are still continuing that's after almost 50 years. Uh, in Indonesia uh, this wasn't known until recently but he conducted the uh, major clandestine terror operation of the post-war period up until Cuba and Nicaragua in an effort to break up uh, Indonesia, strip off the outer islands uh, where most of the resources are, uh, and uh, undermine the what was then considered as a threat of Indonesian democracy. Uh, Indonesia was too free and open. It was allowing a, a political party of the poor to participate. They were gaining a lot of ground so that uh, uh, Eisenhower supported and helped instigate a, a military rebellion in the Outer Islands. Uh, this is just for starters. Now, these are all indictable offenses. What about Kennedy? Kennedy was one of the worst. Uh, Kennedy, first of all, invaded South Vietnam. Uh, during the Eisenhower administration, uh, they had blocked a political settlement in 1954 and instituted a kind of a Latin American-style terror state which had killed maybe 60 or 70,000 people by the end of the Eisenhower period and had instigated uh, uh, a response, a reaction. Uh, Kennedy recognized that it couldn't be controlled internally, so he simply invaded. Uh, in 1962, uh, about uh, a third of the bombing missions were carried out by the U.S. Air Force in uh, uh, South U.S. planes with South Vietnamese insignia, but U.S. pilot. Uh, they author he authorized napalm. Uh, he began the uh, use of uh, chemical weapons to uh, destroy food crops. Uh, uh, they began programs which uh, drove millions of people into what amounted to concentration camps. Now, that's aggression. Uh, in the case of Cuba, it was just a massive campaign of international terrorism which almost led to the destruction of the world, led to the missile crisis. Uh, and uh, we can continue. Again, these are all uh, indictable offenses. Well, Johnson? Well, Johnson expanded the war in Indochina to the point where ended up you know, probably leaving three or four million people dead. Uh, he uh, invaded the Dominican Republic to block uh, what looked like a potential democratic revolution there. Uh, supported uh, the Israeli uh, occupation in its early stages. Uh, again, we can go around the world. Uh, pick your, take, take, say, Carter. 
I'll, I'll get there, but Nixon's next. Uh, Nixon, we don't even have to talk about. <laughs> we didn't skip that one, okay? But uh, Ford, then Ford. Well, Ford was only there for a short Probably time, years. but long enough to uh, endorse the Indonesian invasion of East Timor, uh, which became about as close to genocide as anything in the modern period. Uh, they pretended to uh, oppose it but secretly supported, in fact, not so secretly. Uh, the, uh, the U.S., uh, uh, for, uh, immediately after the invasion, the U.S. did join the rest of the world in formally condemning it at the Security Council. But uh, Ambassador Moynihan uh, was kind enough to explain to us, in his words, uh, that uh, his instructions were to render the United Nations utterly ineffective in any actions it might take to counter the Indonesian uh, invasion. And he says proudly that he did this with considerable success. Uh, his next sentence says, uh, in the next few months, it seems that about 60,000 people were killed. And then he goes off to the next topic. Uh, that's the first few months went on to probably hundreds of thousands. Uh, uh, formally, the US uh, announced a boycott of weapons but secretly, it increased the supply of weapons, including counterinsurgency equipment, so that the Indonesians could consummate the invasion. That's just a short period in office, but that's indictable. Seriously, in fact, that's a major war crime. Carter? Carter uh, increased. As the Indonesian atrocities were increasing, they peaked in 1978. Uh, Carter's flow of weapons to Indonesia increased. Uh, when Congress imposed a human rights restrictions, by then there was a human rights movement in Congress, uh, to block the flow of uh, uh, advanced weaponry to Indonesia, uh, Carter uh, arranged through Mondale, vice president, uh, to get Israel to send U.S. Skyhawks to Indonesia uh, to enable Indonesia to complete what turned out to be near genocide killing maybe a quarter of the population or something. Uh, in, the, uh, in the Middle East, uh, Carter just won the Nobel Prize. Uh, his great achievement was the Camp David Agreements. Uh, the Camp David Agreements are presented as a uh, diplomatic triumph for the United States. In fact, they were a diplomatic catastrophe. Uh, at Camp David, uh, the United States and Israel accepted, finally, Egypt's 1971 offer, which they had then, the U.S. had rejected at the time, uh, except that now it was worse from the U.S.-Israeli point of view because it included the Palestinians. Uh, in order to accept, get Israel to accept Egypt's 1971 offer after a major war and atrocities and so on, uh, Carter raised uh, aid, military and other aid to Israel to more than 50% of total aid worldwide. Israel used it at once in exactly the way they said they were going to do, as every sane person knew, uh, as an opportunity to attack their northern neighbor, first in 1978, then in 1982, and to increase uh, integration of the occupied territories. Uh, and that's for starters. We can continue. Reagan? I don't think we have to talk about that one either. I mean, Reagan is the first president to have been uh, uh, condemned by the International Court of Justice.
for what they called the unlawful use of force, meaning international terrorism, in the war against Nicaragua. Again, that's just for starters. Uh, they also, the Security Council uh, endorsed it in two resolutions, both of which were vetoed by the United States. Bush won. <sighs> well, uh, we can begin with the invasion of Panama. Uh, the invasion of Panama, which according to the Panamanians, killed about 3,000 people, since it's never investigated. We don't know if that's true or not. Uh, this was done in order to uh, kidnap a uh, disobedient thug who had been supported by the United States right through his worst atrocities. Noriega. Noriega. He was brought to Florida and tried for crimes that he committed mostly on the CIA payroll. Okay, that's aggression. Uh, you could go into the details of the war in Iraq, uh, but uh, there were plainly opportunities for, they might not have worked, we don't know, but there were opportunities for diplomatic settlement, which the Bush administration refused to consider, and incidentally the pr press would not report with a single exception, and Long Island Newsday, which did report the whole story throughout accurately, and is the only newspaper in the country to have done so. Uh, the uh, uh, Bush administration then did attack, and uh, the attack was uh, carried out in, uh, in a manner which is criminal under the laws of war. Um, they attacked uh, uh, infrastructure. I mean, if you attack New York City and you destroy the electrical system, the power system, the sewage systems, and so on, that amounts to biological warfare, and that's the nature of the attack. Uh, then came a sanctions regime, which uh, mostly Clinton, but began with Bush, which is, by conservative estimates, killed hundreds of thousands of people while strengthening Saddam Hussein. That takes us off to Clinton, which, that's the beginning, but that's by no means the end. You know, run through it. Well, we can run through it. That one case suffices, All right. but there are plenty of others. Bush, I mean, too? Well, let's take, let's go on with Clinton. Okay. And one of Clinton's minor, esca minor escapades, very minor, was sending a couple of cruise missiles uh, to the Sudan to destroy what they knew to be a pharmaceutical plant. There was no intelligence failure. According to the only estimates we have from the German ambassador and the uh, uh, director, regional director of Near East Foundation, who does field work in uh, Sudan, both of them estimate several tens of thousands of deaths from one cruise missile attack. It's pretty serious. If somebody uh, did that to us, we'd regard it as bad news. And again, we can continue. Uh, during In the Middle East, for example, the uh, uh, Clinton began by declaring past UN resolutions, uh, in the words of his administration, obsolete and anachronistic. Okay, so we're finished with that. No more international law. Uh, then comes a, poly uh, a period called the peace process except that during the peace process, uh, Israeli, uh, US, uh, Israeli settlement, which means settlement paid for by the U.S. taxpayer and supported by U.S. military aid and diplomacy, continually increased. Uh, the, the most extreme year was Clinton's last year, the highest level of settlement, the highest since 1992. Uh, meanwhile, the territories were cantonized, broken up into small regions with uh, infrastructure projects and new settlement. Uh, I don't know what you call that, but it's under military occupation. 
And if anyone else was doing it, we'd call it a war crime. And again, we can continue. I wish to, I don't think we have to discuss. Okay. Mind you, all of those are crimes against humanity. Add in all of the thousands of innocent civilians, including women and children, who were bombed by Obama's program. And what was interesting is everyone keeps saying this. We have to support without any question in an open checkbook, without ever criticizing anything done in Israel because it's the only democracy in the Middle East. I hear Sean Hannity say that. Okay, why doesn't someone ask Sean Hannity, please define democracy? And then as a template, ask, is in fact Israel a democracy? Because there's 4.5 million people, Palestinians, living there in the West Bank, which has been completely destroyed by 750,000 settlers, and in Gaza, and we know what's happening in Gaza. Oh, but they showed some humanitarianness yesterday by allowing a four-hour ceasefire. Four hours? And exactly what's supposed to happen within four hours? People still couldn't go anywhere. There was still no water, no utilities. No, and, and if a person has no right of return and no right to leave, and they have no right to vote in a general election for representatives that ha are, are understood under the principles of fair representation. And if they're living under apartheid regimes, which has been stated multiple times by all the major humanitarian groups, then that's not a democracy. So why can't we at least be honest? Oh, I forgot. We're never honest about anything. Anything ever. I have more to share. I'm going to share one more clip. Uh, this is from Ron Paul when he was still in Congress. And he had this to say. You talk about prophetic. This is years ago. Listen to what he has to say. Signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory. The idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, was from the lab? That was not me. One of the many fiery Senate hearing exchanges between Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci, and back with us now, again, is Senator Paul, author of the new book, Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. Um, all right, so Senator, obviously we're watching there one of your many exchanges uh, with Anthony Fauci over the years. Let me ask you a big picture question about Anthony Fauci. You know, to many, he's become a true villain, uh, to particularly to many on the right. Is it, is it not possible that people can disagree with Anthony Fauci, right, that he made mistakes, but that he still was trying to do what was best for the country as opposed to being a sort of national villain? I think the original debate is uh, still open to declaring, you know, what his intentions were. So the idea is whether or not gain-of-function research, the knowledge with it is, is worth the risk of a pandemic. In 2012, Anthony Fauci responds and says, sure, a scientist could get bitten, a pandemic could start, but the knowledge will be worth the risk. That is a judgment error, and that doesn't make him evil. I think it's a terrible, terrible judgment, one of the worst mistakes in modern medical history or public health, that he allowed this research to go on in a totalitarian government 
under uh, less significant safety protocols than what we have in our country, and that he allowed it to bypass the safety committee that should have reviewed it. All that's terrible judgment doesn't make him evil. When you look at the cover-up, though, I'm a little bit less forgiving because from early January, he knew that he had funded Wuhan. The first email exchanges he has with his assistants are them showing him the papers that had been funded by him and approved by his agency and them getting to know, oh my goodness, this is a big deal. In private, all of the virologists say it came from the lab. Within three days of that meeting, February 4th, he's commissioned and directed them to do a paper called Proximal Origins that gets published in Nature. In that, they say that the virus is absolutely unquestionably not from a lab. He then quotes this from the White House. This is evidence that he is covering his tracks, and I don't think that that's noble or can be condoned because he's trying to escape culpability for the millions of people who died from this virus, and it was because of his bad judgment. But, but his there's no connection. Okay, that's actually Rand Paul. A separate clip, which I'll play on our next program, is from Ron Paul, and that was years ago, but it's as if he's speaking right now about Israel and the danger of continuing to give weapons and financing uh, to Israel instead of looking for peaceful settlement. Anyhow, but it gets worse. This is just out. Quote, Stanford, this Stanford University, Stanford Group helped U.S. government censor COVID dissidents and then lied about it. New documents show. And uh, here's what it says. Quote, Stanford Group helped U.S. government censors uh, COVID dis dissidents then lied about it. A trove of newly released virality project reports confirms that the government used a Stanford cutout to censor true content about COVID vaccines, vindicating Twitter files reporting. This is from Alex Guttentag and Andrew Lowenthal. Then it goes on. I'll just quote a paragraph here. A Stanford Internet Observatory spokesperson says, quote, it did not censor as social media platforms to remove any social media content regarding coronavirus vaccine side effects, end quote. This denial came in response to Twitter files published by Matt Taibbi in March, which revealed that the organization's so-called Virality Project had pushed platforms to treat user concerns about vaccine mandates and passports as, quote, disinformation and to consider, quote, stories of true vaccine side effects to be, quote, actionable content on social media. The Virality Project was an initiative undertaken jointly by big tech, universities, NGOs to control, quote, anti-vaccine misinformation. And uh, now, now we found they lied. So let me put this in the larger context. I wrote over 55 articles articles. Richard Gale and myself did an enormous amount of research, thousands of hours. And if you remember, I put out the first two articles anywhere in the United States about what to do about COVID long before, a year before the vaccines or any medicines, was to build up your innate immune system. And I only selected those articles from library medicine that were peer-reviewed. Therefore, it was orthodox science saying, and medicine saying, take this vitamin D3, zinc, you know, astragalus, whatever, and, uh, and vitamin C, 
and intravenous vitamin C, and it'll stimulate your immune system so when and if you are infected, you're less likely to have serious adverse effects. And indeed, you have no idea how many thousands of people out there from this audience, which is worldwide, took that advice. Good for you. Because a lot of people were infected, and a lot of them were well within a day or two. They did not go to hospital, and none died. Now, why is, wasn't that information out on Google and other sites? Then when I wrote the first critical article about the politics of this and, uh, and the fact that the Chinese government had two hospitals in Wuhan that were giving intravenous vitamin C at 24,000 milligrams and nobody was dying and nobody was going further than that, it was getting them well. Why wouldn't the United States Public Health Service share that information immediately? So you see, anything that was positive that could help people was censored. Anyone who was critical was censored as, quote, disinformation. Now go back and look at all the information. Everything now we can find that was put up there by Dr. Malone, who will be on my show this coming Tuesday, and other people, was correct. Now, mind you, these are orthodox doctors and scientists. In fact, Malone sat on the Defense Department's Special Scientific Committee, as did the U.S. Public Health Service, overseeing all of our health agency. It was Dr. Malone who was the expert. They brought him in in any crisis to solve the problem because he created the mechanisms for the original RNA vaccine, which he took, he and his wife both took. But now when he finds out that the information they were given was wrong, he says, okay, now, I'm one of the top scientists in the world. I'm going to put an article out there. His article got nowhere. It was censored. Then the New York Times attacked him as one of the 12, you know, in effect, dirty dozen people you don't want to trust. And the Washington Post followed suit. Everything about his attack was wrong. He's been able to prove that. Did they change? No. Did they apologize? No. Did all those scientists who originally said it came from a lab then backtrack, said, oh, no, it came from nature? Look at one of them. I got a $9 million grant within a couple of weeks of saying it came from nature, therefore not a lab. Everybody was in on the fix at every level of science, universities, everyone. So you were lied to by pathological sociopaths who all should spend the rest of their life in prison, my opinion. But now we have absolute irrefutable, incontrovertible proof because the documents have been released. The NGOs, the universities, the big tech, they all conspire. If anything was said about anti-vaccine, you were attacked. Just want to share that with you, all right? Because now we have the lawsuits coming. On my next show, the first top lawsuits have gone to the top court in Great Britain. And uh, people who had autopsies that proved that their young spouses died from the vaccine. Now that is going to be a watershed. Remember I, that I did the show where we had the first guy, a single person, a groundskeeper in California, who was exposed to Roundup because he sprayed it around, you know, to with this glyphosate toxic chemical, and he had all these different uh, cancers in his body. He won that. Robert Kennedy was part of that action, and now over a hundred thousand additional uh, lawsuits and people in lawsuits. They've had to settle for billions of dollars. But have they lost their reputation? No. Monsanto and Bear that bottom? No. They pay a fine and everybody on Wall Street's happy and their government's happy, except the people who are dead. Well, they don't count. 
Just want to let you know, including especially people of Pacifica, you're supposed to be there not to aside with the false, fraudulent, liberal Democrats, that they're not liberal in any sense. You're just, my God, they've used you. And you go ahead and parrot it like you're a cult member. This is just insane. It's embarrassing. In any case, I just want you to know that we are going after these people. I'm helping support a lot of lawsuits. As, and I'm one of the people who are going to be brought in with the science that we're finding because the science is there to show everything they told us was a lie. Nothing they told us was honest. Just want to share that. I'll keep you in the loop on that. Now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back from this break, brand new information, something really important. So please stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Okay, we're going to take a break from regular programming because I've got something new. And I'll give you a little background on it. Five years ago, I had set time aside to figure out with all my clinical experience, with all my 36 years as being the senior research fellow and director of the anti-aging department at the Institute of Biology and all the health support groups involving 100,000 plus people, could I do a clinical study proving we could reverse the aging process by the hard science facts? And at that point, no one had ever done that. So I wanted to start with, it'd be 12 different uh, pieces of the puzzle, like vegan diet, juicing, etc. And I had to have five peer-reviewed journals from the Library of Medicine for everything. For example, if you were going to have a salad and there were 15 ingredients in the salad, I had to have five peer-reviewed studies for broccoli, for arugula, even the salad dressing. If you were going to do yoga, meditation, qigong, tai chi, I had to have five studies showing that it works, was safe and effective. So I had somewhere around 2,000 footnotes, and that took us six months. But then I thought one of the things... I, I, I hypothesize it's going to take time to see the manifestation of the changes in the cell. We've got to repair the cell, detoxify it, stop pollutants going in, turn off inflammation, and then rejuvenate it to the degree that we could. But it, I thought maybe we can do something that speeds the process up on the skin. Now, I have been doing a lot of work, and I believed that I had a formula that would work. But what I didn't count upon, this is before COVID, by the way, and before the first study, it was in the year the first study was being put together, I said, I'm going to take my existing moisturizer cream off the market because within three months, I'm going to have the best of the best. And what I didn't count upon was how challenging it would be to get the licensing for certain rare ingredients and prove through scientific studies that things work. It took me almost four and a half years. But as of today, it has finally come to pass. As of this afternoon, uh, I have not an extraordinary amount, but a reasonable amount uh, of what I have just created. And it's called the Ageless Answer Miracle Cream. Now, I don't want you to take my advice and insight for anything. I don't make outrageous claims for anything. I never have. I trust your judgment that you will do your own homework. For example, we went into a major department store that features women's beauty products. Highly respected. They do a good job. 
And we went to the counter and we said, show us your most expensive, top-rated, most popular anti-aging skin, you know, for crepey skin and wrinkles and, and lines. And, and they showed us all these products. All right. The average price was somewhere between $400 and $550. And so the average person doesn't look at the ingredients. They look at the promotion. They look at beautiful women on television whose skin is suddenly looking radiant as if, how did they look before they did the commercial? And how much of that is, you know, photoshopping. But let's face it, my buddy Steve Brown made a statement recently. He says, Gary, there might be $10 worth of ingredients in the product itself, but they put $100 into the illusion in the packaging. So when people are buying something, they're buying the illusion of what it does, not always reality. So I said, well, then let's just compare. So we took some products at random. I won't mention the names because they have every right to exist and people have every right to buy them. And uh, these were averaging 1.7 ounces. Remember that number, under two ounces. And uh, just one of these ingredients had polyethylene glycol. And it also had what are called PEG-147 dimethyl ethers and glycerol isosterates. Um, and there's a lot of concern about that. But you look that up for yourself. You'll find all this. And what was the source? I couldn't find the source of where they were derived. And therefore, it was probably, I'm guessing, standard synthetic petrochemical-based method which has the highest levels of toxic byproducts. But I'm looking down here and I'm, well, I reviewed the expert panel on cosmetic ingredient safety and uh, I see uh, dioxane, other toxins that are being manufactured, ethylene oxide. And I'm looking and saying, hmm, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration lists following risks associated with ethylene oxide. And then I see all these conditions. Okay, well, personally, for myself, I wouldn't want something that had a hydro uh, hydrogenated polysorbitene or behenic acid or hydrogenated palm oil. A lot of ingredients I wouldn't use, but that's me. You have a right in America to buy anything you want, and uh, you don't have to look at the ingredients. You don't have to care, but I do. So when you look at all of the ingredients on the side and go do this for yourself, do not take my word for it. Go out and go to the best store, women's cosmetic store, and say, show me the top. Go, go to Rodeo Drive. We have people who live here, thousands, tens of thousands live in Los Angeles who listen to me. Go out and go, go to Rodeo Drive. Go up what I did and ask for the most expensive, the best of the best. Okay, now take a look at the label, write down the ingredients, and go up and Google each one for safety and see what it does. So that's their products. So I create a product that has four ounces, four ounces, not 1.7 ounce, under two. And when comparing ingredients, which you should, in Asia Sanser Miracle Cream with some of these expensive designer skin creams, which people like and Good for them. We believe that what I've created is one of the purest, 
most unique, scientifically validated rejuvenation skin products on the market. You will not find any of the toxic chemicals formulated in other skin creams in my product. So, what's in my product? Well, among Asia's Answers unique ingredients is a proprietary lysosomal preparation derived from stem cells of a rare endangered Swiss apple. Yes, which has been shown to extend the longevity of the skin cells and to delay and reverse wrinkling in order to stimulate the production of soluble elastin as a defense against the loss of skin elasticity, which contributes to sagging and wrinkling. There's a novel patented extracellular matrix promoting peptone that has been added. These unique peptides are naturally derived from the plant and marine kingdoms through a special biofermentation process that further enhances skin cell nourishment. A third novel ingredient is a patented lipopeptide formula that stimulates six crucial um, constituents in the skin and epidermal matrix, three types of collagen, fibro, uh, uh, fibronectin, uh, hydrolyric acid, and laminin-5. Together, this formula rebuilds and tightens the wrinkles increases on the skin. And finally, Azosancer has been formulated with proven natural moisturizers like organically grown aloe vera, anti-aging rejuvenators to restore the skin's barrier, including evening primrose oil, metafoam and rosehip oils, powerful skin antioxidants, cherry blossom extract. All of these ingredients and more support your skin's refining appearance and natural glow by means of hydrating, moisturizing, and re revigorating cell growth. So Ageless Answer Skin Cream doesn't use any synthetic fragrances, uh, parfum, and artificial colors. Uh, it is only scented with the most natural almond and vanilla extracts. So let me just read my label. Uh, organically grown whole leaf aloe vera blended with trisilica infusion of deionized water, oat, straw, uh, nettles, horsetail, uh, the Swiss apple, uh, the extracellular matrix promoting peptones, uh, cherry blossom extract, uh, sodium lactate, uh, salicylic acid, meadow foam seed oil, evening primrose oil, rosehip seed oil, lycopene, vegetable extract, uh, coenzyme Q10, ascorbyl palmitate, that's a fast-solid vitamin C, um, retin retinal palmitate, vitamin A, a D-alpha-tocopherol, vitamin E, cherry, fruit, bark, almond, and vanilla scent. So, hmm. compare the ingredients, compare the science, because I don't have a budget, you know, I'm just one little person. But my hobby is creating solutions to everything I can in life. So that's it. So if you're interested in having what I believe is the finest, most authentic, and most important skin cream ever, and four ounces a big size, you can give a call. So let me give you the number, or you can go to garysvitamincloset.com, garysvitamincloset.com, and you'll see 
uh, products, hit that, and then you'll see the product. Now, normally, I should realistically be charging more than them because they don't have the ingredients I have. I haven't seen their studies. I'd like to see them, but I have my studies, and I print this. So I should be charging, what, six, $700? If they're charging 375 to $550, and that's without Rodeo Drive. They got some really big prices there. No, I'm going to give everyone in this a 30-day break, 30 days. And you're going to get the product at only $99.95. That's it. And no one else would ever charge that little amount because they don't know how much all those ingredients cost, how difficult it was to get them, and how long it took. So that's my announcement. And uh, you can uh, go, you can call our vitamin closet and speak with um, Neil at 646-926-5430. Or you can call standing by as Diane and Sandy and Sharon. Sharon's at 646-926-5422, my main office number. And Diane and Sandy are standing by at, uh, let's see, what, what number are they at today? 877 627 5065 877-627-5065, 877-627-5065, or go to Gary's uh, hit products, and then you'll see it. You can order it. And it'll go out today. Now, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like for you to take a picture of where you're going to put the screen. And you don't need a lot. You don't need to lather it up a small amount because Luann's been using it. I've been using it. And I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do that cheap thing they do of having someone on who says, well, I took this, you know, and here's my... No, I don't do that. But I can just tell you, there's been a big difference. So you take a little bit and you massage it in to, let's say, your forehead or around your eyes or where you have crepey skin, around the neck, under the arms, on the, above the knees. Uh, you know where you got that. You, you look at it every day. But take a picture of it before you do that. All right? And then in 90 days, I want you to take a second picture. And let's see the difference. Okay? So that's my new announcement on that. Something brand new, took me five years, and uh, but I didn't want to do anything that wasn't as good as I could do. So that's the best I can do at this moment. And that's why I waited five years before I shared it with you. And I got more things coming. I got the most important book ever written on health coming. We're almost finished. Man, is that good. It's huge. It's, it's huge. It's, one of the, it's the biggest book I've ever published. But it's coming. And every question that's in that is about health is going to be answered. But now let's go over because we have a couple of people standing by. Um, because coming up this May, in mid-May, for one or two weeks, we'll be there for two weeks. We're, I haven't yet decided because I haven't seen the results. The blood work is all in. It's being tabulated. I should have an answer uh, because an outside person does all the tabulation of all the blood chemistry from two different labs including our methylation DNA test, and that determines how old your cells are. We took it before. We took it six months ago, and we take it now, so we got a six-month. Last time we only did three months. This time it's six months. Because if my theory is correct, if we were able to add 2.2 years onto a person's lifespan, 
based on two weeks on campus, what would happen if we were on campus for a month and extended our post, uh, a post-anti-aging program for six months? That is what I'm thinking of doing if I get the results that I hope I get, because I'm hoping that we will have added five years onto a person's lifespan. I mean, five healthy years onto a person's lifespan. But anyhow, we're going to do a health retreat because we had such a phenomenal group of people with such amazing results a couple months ago. But I'm announcing it now because by the time we get within two months, there's not going to be any room left. All right? So you might want to consider this. We have two people on the line. I don't know who they are. Let's go over there and say hello to them. But evidently, they were previous health support groups or retreats. Hi, what's your name, please? Who's on the line? Is, is this me? Hi, Gary. Hello. It's good to hear from you. Oh, it's good to hear from you as well. This is Michelle. How are you doing? Doing great, Michelle. Michelle, tell people about your experience. Um, I, I don't know where to begin. It's just such a wonderful experience. Uh, I started coming to your retreat in 2018, uh, just looking for general information for uh, type 2 diabetes. Uh, at the end of my first retreat, my blood sugars were, was down 100 points. Um, I felt amazing. The food was amazing. The experience was amazing. And I have pretty much been to every retreat since then. Uh, since coming to the retreats, I have lost 60 pounds, have, have gone down like five dress sizes, and just uh, my whole entire outlook on life is much better. And uh, seen a lot of uh, good things happen to a lot of great people at the retreat as well. Is it true, Michelle, when you first came, you were on multiple medications to control your blood sugar? Uh, yes, I was. I was on uh, about three medications. And when you left after two weeks, did that drop by over 100 points into the normal range? Uh, yes, it did. And, and I still am in pretty much within the normal range. Every now and again, I'll fall off the wagon and get outside. But coming back, I'm norm I still am in the normal range. And have you seen other people? In fact, other people went out there and did a marathon with you. You all did 26 miles on a uh, last Saturday before you left? Uh, yes, there was a group of us that did a marathon. We all completed the marathon. And then, in fact, one fella who had uh, uh, end-stage COPD, he did an ultra-marathon. And uh, I remember you had to go and get him off of the road because he didn't want to stop. I did. I, Ron Atkins is his name, a wonderful human being, just a, a thoughtful, kind, introspective person. Everybody should be benefited by having a friend like Ron. But Ron just didn't have end-stage terminal COPD, diagnosed by two different uh, groups of pulmonologists. He also had end-stage leukemia, and he was going into hospice care where his father and two brothers died. But he decided, what the heck, throw a Hail Mary. You know, I know I'm, what's going to happen if I'm going to hospice care. And he came down, and we didn't have the heart to say, you know, no, we, we can't help people with two terminal illnesses. And, uh, but he stayed. On his last day, he, didn't, he just didn't do a marathon. He was going so fast that had he been in the New York City Marathon, he had to come in in the top third of people finished, and uh, probably in the top 15,000. 
But he also went on and did 30 miles, and he was wanting to do 40 miles. And I physically had to grab him by the shoulder and says, buddy, you done enough? He says, no, 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 Gary, I, I can go further. I said, no. Uh, and that's Ron Atkins. And he finished the marathon, and he went back. And guess what? They couldn't find any uh, COPD, no blockages. He went to three se separate pulmonologists, and his oncologist said that he dropped. They've never seen anyone drop that much of the, uh, the leukemia symptoms in white blood cells, and he's almost in the normal range. He's way down and uh, living a healthy and vibrant life. Thank you very much, Michelle. And as, as we've seen so much, we look forward to seeing you in the spring. And we have one more person real quick there. Who else is on the line? Hi, this is Christine. Hi, Christine. Tell us your experience real quick. Oh, my gosh, Gary. It was the best experience of my life. I, I just came there for, um, you know, I, I want to learn um, to heal from past and present situations. And I, and I feel I left there with a lot of information um, to help heal. And I'm telling you, the grounds at the villa was the perfect environment for it. All the food and the classes that you had, the healing sessions, it was amazing to me. I left there excited to go start my life over again, basically. And I'm really excited to come back and hopefully plant some vegetables in your greenhouse and teach people how to grow food. Um, if you guys will have me. <laughs> I'm selling my house now, so I'm, I'm on my way. Um, good for, and I'm looking good for you. I'm looking well, forward to it. And we're looking forward to meeting a lot of people, and including people returning, because it's just one of the finest experiences a person can have, and most people don't give themselves a chance to detoxify, de-stress, rejuvenate, repurpose their lives in a positive way. Christine, we look forward to seeing you there. We look forward to seeing... Uh, all the people who want to live at a higher level and give Luann a call because we're, I'm mentioning it now because I cannot tell you how many thousands of people wait and wait and wait so you've got plenty of time to make your plans call Luann at 903-881-7008 903-881-7008 and I just got an email here Gary is it alright if uh, we offer people more than one bottle um, we're, we don't have an abundance um, but we have enough because there's an eight-week to ten-week delay in getting a resupply. But uh, um, I'm going to let people have a maximum of three, no more than three. And then we'll check the inventory throughout the day to make sure we're not selling it all out. But that's the skin. And by the way, fellas, I can tell you, your skin is just as uh, susceptible to being improved as a female skin. So the guys out there, especially those of you who have crepey skin around your legs, under your arms, around your neck, put it on there. Not a lot. Doesn't take a lot. And this is a large jar. But uh, put it wherever you got bad skin, around your ankles, feet. All right. And call that number again, 877-627-5065. We're out of time, but just in time for the Oracle of Harlem, Jeremiah. 